Some people say event planning is an art form. But when it comes to a creative mind like Ali Bashuk, events are quite literally a work of art. Today, we venture into the depths of Atlanta's art scene to talk to one of its most active makers, leaders, and supporters. Michelle Corey, a travel arts and culture writer and marketing strategist who travels the world in search of fascinating stories and unique perspectives in the arts. And this is The Cultured Podcast, a weekly conversation with talented artists, performers, and creators to serve you a digestible dose of culture for all. how I've missed you. This every other week thing cannot last long because I miss talking to you on the weekly. You know what I'm saying? Today we have a really special episode. We are talking to Ali Bashuk from her kitchen table in East Atlanta. So before we get there, which we'll get to pretty quickly, I wanted to talk about what's inspiring me this week. Transformation. You know, I feel this has been a transformative year for a lot of people, and it certainly has been transformative for me in many ways. But in particular, there have been some really high highs and some really low lows, and I know that can be said for all of us. And I want to remind you that our most incredible transformations, our most pivotal and critical evolutions happen through those muddy moments. They happen through some of the most painful moments that we experience. And the transformation occurs when we get through those painful moments and we persevere. And you know, there is a purpose to pain. And I know there's a lot of people who would argue that and say that there's not a purpose to life and there's not a purpose to pain and things just happen because they are. And I respect that. But I completely disagree. (laughs) I think that everything occurs in our lives for a very specific reason. And I look back at my own life and see how all of the dots have started to connect throughout what has felt like a seemingly random life. It's all starting to come together for me, particularly at this point in my life. And, you know, I've had a lot of personal struggles, but I look back on those and I can pinpoint specifically and tangibly how those moments help to shape very specific aspects of myself to this day. And I want to encourage you to focus not on the divisions, but rather to shift your focus inside of yourself and and ask yourself, how have I transformed in the last year? How have I transformed in the last six months, the last three months, the last five days? And ask yourself why that transformation was necessary. Focus more on yourself. Be kinder to yourself. And through that kindness and through that focus on self, you can transform even more. But better yet, you will be naturally kinder to those around you. I'm speaking from very personal experience because this is a journey that I have been going through over the past few years. And I've just learned to be kinder and kinder to myself and thus less critical of those around me and less judgmental of the world around me. And I guess what I'm trying to say is I love you. (laughs) I love you because I'm able to love me. That has been a huge transformation in my life personally. 
And I would love to hear how you have transformed and what that transformation has felt like and looked like for you and why you think it's necessary. So email me at info at cultured podcast, or you can find me at cultured podcast on all the socials, cultured pod on Twitter, because I'd love to hear from you. All right, y'all, without further ado, let's talk to Allie. Hello, Allie. Hey, Michelle. <laughs> Welcome to the Cultured Podcast. <laughs> Thanks for having me. This is pretty exciting because you are what I would consider one of Atlanta's most creative minds. So you can't say that because of humility mm-hmm. and everything, but I can, and I did. Thanks. We are here in your beautiful home in Atlanta. And it just like exudes personality and creativity. There are all of these beautiful paintings and illustrations and your own works that you do through Brutal Studio all over the house that just like speak to who you are and how you see the world around you. So why don't we start things off with you telling us a little bit about what you do, all of the different endeavors. Sure. So my day job, I work for the Goat Farm Art Center. We're an art center. We're located in West Midtown. Around 250 studios, uh, about 500 artists, exhibitions, performances, these all take place within the Goat Farm universe. And my job specifically is I run a program called Bell Jar. So I'm essentially the community director there, and, and I do studio visits with every single one of our tenants. And I've been doing that for five years, maybe a little longer. And it's been way more than 500 artists in that time frame because times five years (laughs) (laughs) and it's super awesome I do studio visits every day I help people connect to artists to the Atlanta art scene to just Atlanta in general and other resources and basically try to help them find things they can't google so I take a lot of pride in that so what's an example of that oh man I mean just things like who should I go to I have I mean I could like pull out my phone and just see all the texts I have of people (laughs) being like Who's a good art photographer in the city? Who should I go to for a letterpress? So it's a lot of referrals is what I would say. So it's like, who's the best? Who can I trust to do this? So you have to be deeply connected to the community's art scene. Yeah. And how did you go about building that kind of connectedness? Is that, does that come naturally to you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel really fortunate. I think like I'm just a very extroverted person and found myself in having a career trajectory that had me meeting a lot of people in the Atlanta art scene so I actually moved to Atlanta and I mean I'm from Marietta I'm from the burbs yeah (laughs) but I lived in Athens for a few years I went to college and in Athens I met my first like mentor and collaborator his name is Michael LaHusky and we had a magazine together there he had actually started it and I I came on pretty early but it's called Young Foxy and Free Mm. yes girl (laughs) and I learned a ton from him and it was this quarterly arts magazine in Athens and then when I moved to Atlanta to get my first real big girl job at Scout Mob I brought it with me and so I was introducing the magazine trying to meet a lot of collaborators in Atlanta so and trying to also bridge the gap between Atlanta and Athens it's only like you know an hour and a half away but you know the conversations are there and so much culture is happening in both towns that we thought maybe Young Foxy and Free could connect the two cities. Are you an artist? Yeah. Not by any formal training of any sort of way, but I I have lived a creative life my whole life and love to make things and play with colors and, and experiment and learn new stuff. So yes. Anyone who knows you or knows of you, because a lot of people know of you in this town, 
associates you with color and vibrancy Mm -hmm. and creativity. So Goat Farm is just one of the things that you do. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about the others. Oh, yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) I got sidetracked. So I also am a founder and and, co-founder, I guess, of Brutal Studio. And Brutal Studio is a design installation studio here in Atlanta. I work with my partner, Sarah Santamaria. We also used to work with Danielle Bruto, but she moved up to New York. So so she's definitely there in the origin story. But yeah, we kind of get asked to do all kinds of stuff, a lot of very colorful things. And we have been just saying yes. When someone asks us to do something we've never done, like we're like, we'll figure it out. So for example, we were asked to do a big pride parade float. We're like, yes, we can do it. <laughs> we'll figure and it out. And I know that because I I was Sara Santa Maria's neighbor, upstairs mm-hmm. neighbor, and I was watching you guys put it together, looking above from the second floor, and it was outrageous in the best way. It was like pool noodles and a rainbow base. It was amazing. Yeah. What you guys put together. We're super resourceful, and Sarah yeah. is a amazing collaborator and and visionary and artist, and she just has such great ideas and together I mean I she says something and I bounce off of it and I think that together we're we're just a really dynamic duo I love yes Sarah I agree <laughs> she's Y'all awesome. make an amazing team yeah she she really has a vision and I I feel like if I can even just be associated with that <laughs> it's like that's enough for me that's so, beautiful yeah and a business partner yes and yeah she's super smart and like thinks of things I'm so busy you know when it's right in front of your face but you're so busy you can't see it she's able to see things that I can't and vice versa but like she'll have really great business ideas like out of nowhere she's amazing mm-hmm. you still have more endeavors <laughs> to go into yeah I think just one more yeah I don't think there's a <laughs> true Yeah, so I'm co-founder, co-executive director of the Dream Warriors Foundation, and we are a grant-giving nonprofit organization. We sell memberships. The money from that goes towards grants. We give out four grants a year. Hopefully one day we'll have way more members, and so the the grants will have way more money. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, yeah. So where can someone go to sign up and be a member? Sure, Uh, dreamwarriorsfoundation.org. I guess I should define what a dream warrior is. Yes. That would be helpful. So in in 2011, I was bored, and I wanted to share an article about Oprah Winfrey and critical feminist theory, and and I didn't want to share it on my own Facebook wall. So Facebook had just recently come out with, like, uh, invite-only secret Facebook groups, and Mm -hmm. so... I was like, oh, just start me one of those. <laughs> and so I did. And I invited my, you know, girlfriends that were like minded into it because I was like, I just want to share like feminist, you know, conversations. I want to have that. I didn't realize at the time what I was doing was creating a feminist safe space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it was a very innocent early time and pre-2016. And I called us Dream Warriors and and today's definition of that is a woman, non-binary, femme identifying individual who, you know believes in the betterment of the world around them, equal rights, feminism, etc. And so, yeah, it has grown this Facebook group. It's secret, but it's, you know, up to 20,000 dream warriors in Atlanta and beyond or in it. And so they share vulnerable, you know, stories and, and giving out advice, but they also share opportunities like jobs and housing, etc. And so it's just organically grown. And so had this Facebook group for now seven and a half years and I always knew it had to be something more and so that's how the foundation became what it is today and so we launched the foundation in March 8th 2018. 
That's amazing. Congratulations. Thanks. And I didn't do it alone. I should definitely give credit that the Facebook page, it couldn't exist without the admins. And then also Mm -hmm. my co-founder and co-executive director, Haley Carlson, had so many great ideas for the foundation and, Mm -hmm. and contributes to it just as much, if not more than I do. Yeah. What you all do as a team is powerful and that group, I'm a part of it. And what is it like 15,000 people strong at this point? I think closer to 16, at least in the one opportunity. That's I say 20,000 because I sort of add up all of of the the different pages because there's sub pages or whatever. Without a doubt, it sounds like you are extremely good at, and it comes very naturally to you to build communities And that's a really powerful skill, but also a powerful talent and passion. So let's go back to Brutal Studio. What inspired you and Sada and Danielle to start Brutal Studio? Yeah, so I, in the years, you know, I guess 2012 to 2015, I was getting asked a lot to curate events and spaces, and I love doing that, but I could not do that by myself. It was like, it would only be so much of a budget, and I would have an idea, but I can't execute large-scale things by myself so I would you know try to hire people but they weren't the right matches or whatever but in 2015 Wonder Farm Kevin Bird and I got asked to curate it and then because Kevin was leaving I ended up like pretty much doing it by myself but I had curated Sarah and Danielle into the show and I basically ended up kind of forcing them to collaborate with me like to especially Danielle I mean I really like had her help me with all the table settings and and just like the design in in the space so and then we met Sarah there that's when I first met her so in 2015 and we just really worked well together and that's when I was like I really want to open a studio like I want to I want to have something more so I have a an actual agency or arm to say yes to things and Mm -hmm. not do it alone and also I'm not great on my own I mean I think I'm awesome but Mm -hmm. I'm not as great as I should be and I definitely don't think that I reached my fullest potential by myself. So I love collaborating. That's important to know about yourself. And Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, we've talked about this before. I think collaboration makes everyone better because the sum is always greater than the parts. So you guys came together as Brutal Studio. Love the name. What was the inspiration? It was a combination of things. It was like brutal means something in a lot of languages and and also we just were influenced by brutalistic architecture and, and, and brutalism. I could also brood as like champagne. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. And I love yeah, that. There was just a lot of things yeah. and it just felt right. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between approaching an installation versus an event? Oh, I guess it's a similar mindset. It's hard to say. Cause it's each kind of like we get given like a set of parameters and like tools I guess so it's like somebody wants a specific design and so we make that happen and we'll only say yes if we actually want to do it but I feel like people gravitate towards us because we do things very colorfully and we try to make it look as organic as possible so we use a lot of plants and shapes and colors and that's a consistent theme so we're sort of like over the years since we've been doing this we're able to sort of see what's was very brutal and what's on brand and so that's that's very fun and exciting for us to like start seeing like themes and what we do yes because you've been open for how many years now through brutal I guess three three Mm -hmm. wow so what are what have some of your favorite events been that you really feel like show off your full abilities yeah we just finished doing the reimagine ATL's 2018 gala it was future futuristic themed and 
I remember sitting with her and we were both looking at ways of deconstructing vases Mm -hmm. for centerpieces and and also working maybe with plexiglass. And so together we sort of came up with this idea and I was like, I know Antonio Darden, he's got a bunch of plexi he can show us. And then Mass Collective can help us laser print it. And so we just, we just made it happen. And it was so fun. It was not something I had ever worked with. And it just came so naturally. Like once we did one, I was like so obsessed. They were, each of them were like our little babies. They're amazing. <laughs> I'll, I'll put photos of them up in the show notes oh, cool. so people get an idea. Cause it's, it's so hard to describe. I mean, and they really are sculptures. Mm-hmm. The, each one is a different sculpture and yes. they're each unique. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what other components were a part of that event? The other biggest part of that was we did like a VIP room. So it was basically like a cool club lounge. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was really fun. Again, futuristic themes. We were able to go to a place called Georgia Prop House and pick out a bunch of furniture because Reimagined had the hookup. Yeah. We got a ton of plants to fill in there and like great lighting design. It was really dope. My gosh. I'm just like wondering how you even get the skills to pull that together. It's just vision. Yeah. It's your artistic vision. Yeah. We just figure out like within a time frame what we can actually accomplish and what we're good at and what makes a good party. It's like, okay, you have to have a photo booth. You got to have cool centerpieces. You have to have something in the entrance. You got to like feel this. And then there's got to be like a cool party zone, like where the DJ is. And like, you just sort of piece it together and it, I don't know. We just speak the same language. Yeah. What's the process? So if, if a client wants you to put something together for them, what's the process for, you know, is there a design brief? How do you evaluate if you want to do that? Yeah, we usually find out budget. We're, we're trying to, you know, do stuff now. We're at a point, I feel like, where we really want to do things that are worth our time and money. And, and also we want to love the project. So mm-hmm. does it pay well and do we love it? Okay, let's do it. Awesome. If it doesn't pay great, but it's a nonprofit and maybe we're able to make up the money somehow or, or there's something of extreme value in it. We could work that out. But yeah, basically people ask us some really crazy stuff. Yeah. What kind of impact do you think bringing art into a space like as a centerpiece or as a VIP room, you know, all of these sculptural elements that make the space a work of art? What kind of impact do you think that has on people and why is that important to bring into an event? I guess I've just been to so many boring, basic things, and it's just like it doesn't differentiate itself whatsoever. And when you can tell someone really put thought into a space, they didn't just put a bunch of like high boys with like a plastic centerpiece, you know, it's just like it doesn't some people will never notice or care. And I understand that. But for the percentage of people who do who really like pay attention to the details, like I'm very detail oriented in that way. Like I love little things like that, especially ambiance and it just gets people in the mood extra. And if you're like, for this was a charity fundraiser, so people are trying to spend money. It's like, I don't know, it makes them see that like we really care. Like they hired us and we really care about this organization. Yeah. And it's inspiring. I mean, this is a time when I think we need beauty and inspiration in different forms. Yeah. I think bad design is very distracting. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. If it's well designed, you may not notice and that's okay. That's, I'm fine with that. But if it's poorly designed... I will so notice and it will actually like distract me. Well, and like you said, you're like, oh, someone may not notice the design, but it's like we're sitting here at your kitchen table and there is one of these plexiglass centerpieces. This is not something that's just an everyday 
centerpiece or an everyday piece of design. This is something that you can't help but notice. You know, you've got this beautiful organic palmetto palm in the middle of it sticking out. And then you've got red and blue, very primary colors. And there's all these different shapes. There's black and white plexiglass. This is not something that you walk into a space with the right lighting and think like, okay, whatever, it's cool. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is like a wow. So what is a project that you and Sada really, really want to work on? Is there any specific kind of event or anything you want to construct that's like pie in the sky dream that you hope somebody hires you for? Oh man, I feel like I can't answer that without Sarah, but I can try. Yeah. We would love to do movie sets or theater sets, just any set design. So that could be for photo shoots. It could be for movies, obviously. Music videos. I feel like I would really love to do a music video. Like that would be so fun. Oh my gosh, Um, yes. What kind of music? God, I don't know. Like dance music, something upbeat, fun, Mm -hmm. colorful. Yeah. Yes. But also just like interiors. I think I would love to do a house or something. Oh my gosh. That's like a personal thing. I don't want to speak on behalf of Brutal. Okay, well, I'm going to need you whenever I get my big, huge house to do all the interiors. That'd be great. Thanks. Yeah, because truly, I mean, you walk through the door of your house and immediately there's like this mural that's stunning that Danielle did, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And here in your kitchen, there's all these organic shapes and these vivid colors over here in this nook. It's just it's just really stunning. So how do you gather inspiration for all of the work that you do? I mean, I think I feel very inspired by being at the goat farm and meeting all the different artists there and, and just gaining knowledge from them. And, and um, I also travel a ton. I mean, I love going to museums. I feel like that is like my main thing. I go to a new city or a city I've been to. Like I'm going to the Met in New York this week and I've mm. definitely been there. But, yeah. you know, that's how I feel inspired is I see old and new art. And the goat farm itself is super inspiring. Tell us a little bit about the history of the goat farm. Yeah, from, you know, what I understand and hearing from old timers and a Wikipedia article uh, (laughs) is, you know, originally it was a place they made cotton gins. It wasn't like a cotton gin, but they made the machinery. So it was a machinery factory, whatever you call it. And I believe they made machinery for like the war. I assume World War II. I think it was built in 1869, the entire complex. And then it was sort of abandoned and dilapidated, and a bunch of artists were living there. And the reason it's called the Goat Farm is because the owner, back in like the 80s, he was kind of a a kook, I understand, and (laughs) he got fined for having too much kudzu by the city. And so the judge asked him to get a bunch of goats to eat the kudzu obviously and then he got fined for having too many goats and so people lovingly called it the goat farm because there were a ton of goats just roaming around and a bunch of artists squatting as as i understand it and then you know in 2008 the current owners they bought the property and and they were actually going to turn it into like uh what's next door which is like white provisions district which is restaurants, retail, and because it was 2008 and it was the recession, they saw artists aren't really affected by any sort of recession. They're they're always broke. (laughs) So they're like, okay, we'll just keep these tenants. And so it just, I think, pulled on their heartstrings a little too. I know Mm -hmm. Anthony Harper, the owner, he's really sensitive to the community. And so that's why I even have the role that I do is because he saw that there was a a need for, for that 
kind of job. So yeah. Yeah, State and Arts Center. That's fantastic. You know, I know when I moved to Atlanta almost six years ago, it was one of the first places I went, and I was just stricken with awe because it's it has this rustic feeling to it, and there are large buildings, and so there's just this, the colors and the scale of it, it's fascinating. It's a mm-hmm. fascinating place, and to think that there are a ton of people hidden behind those walls creating some amazing things, I mean... The fact that you're constantly weaving in and out of these workspaces and mindsets and materials, and that's got to provide a ton of inspiration for totally, you. Totally, yeah. I, I think I've personally grown so much just by, you know, exponentially by, by working there. Yeah. So what's next for you as a creator or an artist? Oh, man. I have no idea. I'm just so zooming. I have a lot of momentum with my current projects brutal is always open to more sarah is in her last year of of school so we're hoping that when she's done with that we can sort of have more full throttle brutal experience (laughs) (laughs) brutal (laughs) yeah (laughs) and um you know dream warriors foundation we are going to carry on our mission and give out our first big idea grant in 2019 um Yes, we're going to have tons of collaborators and events, and I feel like there is no end in sight for any of these projects. You know, the Go Farm is, is about, to, it's about to go through some changes, and it's going to be really beautiful. I'm just really excited to, you know, be in this position of having so many communities that I get to work with and meet new people and help connect ideas and resources, and together, I just want to help them connect to other people in other cities let them know that Atlanta is a place of really important value and and put Atlanta on the map and that's like a huge goal of mine I feel like maybe to answer your question (laughs) it took me a minute is I really want to put Atlanta on the map I think it's already there I'm not going to like single-handedly do it but we've got so many great things going on and I think the more people that know what's going on the better so I just want to get export all these great ideas and people and, and stuff yes that's amazing and it's really exciting to see how all three of your endeavors are in a state of expansion and in a state of massive growth. And I think you're really one to watch in the next few years. And so are your partners, because I think all three of your endeavors are going to fully come into themselves in the next few years and, or at least into their next phase, right. Of growth. And that's going to be really exciting to see. And the impact that they have on Atlanta and Atlanta's creative scene is going to be really exciting to watch too. So thank you. Yeah, I hope so. Thank you for your work and thank you for coming on the Cultured Podcast. Thanks for coming to my house. Is Allie not the most darling thing you've ever heard in your life. I mean, this woman just radiates love. She gives the best hugs also. So if you see her, ask her if she can give you a hug because they're great. (laughs) I hope she doesn't kill me for that. If you want to find Allie and check out some of her work for Brutal Studio with Dream Warriors, with Goat Farm, you can find her on Instagram at Allie Bashuk. And you can find her at AllieBashuk.com. You can also go to Brutal.studio. That's www.Brutal.studio to see some of their incredible work. I mean, it, it is beyond if you haven't gotten that from this episode. Then we did not do a good job. <laughs> You can also find all of her work across Dream Warriors, The Goat Farm, everything by going 
straight to Instagram.com slash Allie Bashuk. And obvi, obvi, all of these links are going to be served up for you in the show notes at culturedpodcast.com. I am so grateful for you, and I am sending you so much love, my babes. Until next time, keep it classy, keep it curious, keep it cultured! I'm your host, Michelle Corey. The Cultured Podcast is a production of Frequency Media Co., Visit culturedpodcast.com to read the show notes, get episode extras, and to sign up for our newsletter. You can subscribe to Cultured on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, and anywhere podcasts are found.